0: G'day, this is Darren Mitchell, and welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. So great to have you on board, and if you're a first-time listener, welcome. Hopefully, uh, today's message, and if you go back and listen to the previous podcast, hopefully the message is going to resonate with you and help you along your journey of sales leadership, whether you're a sales leader right now, whether you have ambitions of becoming a sales leader. My, my whole intention for this uh, podcast is to help sales leaders who are brand new, sales leaders who have been in the business for quite a while, or sales leaders who are yet to become sales leaders. First of all, get the tools, techniques, strategies, uh, insights that will help them make that transition first of all, but then when you're in a sales leadership position, how do we help you take that step to being absolutely exceptional where the team not only develops those sustainable results that are replicable over time, but you in the process get more meaning in the role that you're doing, you certainly get better sales results, and in the process, a, uh, a, a byproduct of all that would be more cash in the pocket. So uh, thanks for joining. And if you're a returning listener, hopefully uh, hopefully, I'm continuing to add value. And if if you are coming back, then I'd like to think that there is some value there that keeps you drawn drawn back to coming and listening in. So greatly appreciated. So today's message is all about uh, how you respond is completely up to you. Now, I've said this a lot and I say this continually to uh, sales teams and sales leaders that I work with. and that is. Sales leadership is not for everybody, and it's certainly not easy. And if you get into sales leadership, thinking, "Oh, I've finally got my leadership position, I've got the title, I've quote-unquote made it," if you're there, if you're thinking like that, uh, unfortunately, your sales leadership career will be very, very uh, short-lived because you, <laughs> you won't be, you won't necessarily be prepared for a lot of the, uh, a lot of the stuff that you get thrown in a sales leadership role. And uh, I remember back to when I first got the sales leadership gig, and I think I've shared with. Mismatches a lot. Um, <laughs> I got tested the first ninety days, like you would not believe. And uh, I, hey, I was lucky. I was, I had resolved to being a sales leader, and that was my, that was my chosen career path. Uh, and I was prepared for it. But if I hadn't have been prepared for it, I'm not sure that I would have lasted ninety days with some of the things that uh, I had to deal with, some of the personality clashes, some of the problems, some of the challenges. Some of the commentary, conversation that I was having with people, it was uh, it was unbelievable. But uh, so, um, the key message today is it's how you respond. Totally up to you. Now, building momentum taking massive action, uh, setting expectations can all be a whirlwind, and in the process, some things can happen that appear to come out of left field, the client's not happy, uh, maybe it's a complaint, or a channel partner's not happy, or even one of your internal stakeholders is not happy with one one of your team members, or in fact, they're not happy with you. So All these things can happen, and it can be very, very confronting and often very, very easy to react to. And When this happens, we don't necessarily always get a great result because often, when things happen to us, uh, emotions are quite high, and particularly if they're negative things, or we're being uh, we're being criticised, or we're being given some really challenging feedback that we didn't expect or or we didn't think was warranted, emotions can get really high, and sometimes we can feel our emotions taking over, and we can snap back at people, we can react to people, and and sometimes that actually adds fuel to the fire, and it's uh, it's happened a lot. It's happened to it's happened to me many many times, probably hundreds of times over my career. And it's happening a lot to my clients right now because I've got a lot of clients that are going through transition periods in terms of the quality of the organization, in terms of the, I guess, the maturity of the organization, but it's also some of the clientele they're bringing on board. They're going through an evolution of, of changing, I guess, the, the status of a, of a client or the, or the description or the avatar, if you like, of a client. And there's some growing pains with that. And, and often people have this fear of letting go, particularly from a client point of view, because they might be you so used to dealing with you on a regular basis that when it comes time to move on and, and to evolve into a new relationship or maybe sever this relationship because we've we've come to the end of our, I guess, our tether, to want of a better phrase, uh, it can be quite confronting for people and emotions can run high. And I've had a number of examples in the last couple of days where some people have been sharing some. Uh, Emails, some written correspondence that really brings this to the fore, where often when it comes to communication in particular, and this is where a lot of it, a lot of the challenges come from, the communication, particularly in the written form, has some huge challenges when it comes to context because you don't necessarily get the context in the written form. It's hard to get somebody's uh, perception or their intention through the written words, and so we have to be really, really mindful of the words that we write because they can be interpreted multiple different ways. Now I've often talked about this this gap between intention and perception. We might have the best intention, the, the purest of intention and we may write something in our normal language as we would normally speak it and that's our intention. Now What can't be translated in that is how that is therefore going to be perceived by the receiver of that particular message. And I've had hundreds of cases where a text message or an email has been perceived in a completely different way and I haven't necessarily considered the gap that exists between my intention and the perception potentially of the person receiving that message and it's caused some issues because here's the thing. You don't know what's just happened to that particular person who's just received the message. They might have just come out of a really difficult meeting. They might have had... Some really poor feedback from their manager or a customer. They might have had something tragic just happen in their life, and it just so happens that your email, your text message reaches them at exactly that moment when they're at a height of emotion and that can tip them over the edge. Now, it's not your fault. It wasn't you that necessarily did it, but it was the perception that was created based on all the things that have been happening in their life up until that moment that uh, let it out and you just happen to be, in some cases, the right person at the wrong time or the wrong person at the wrong time, whatever the case might be. And so we need to be really conscious of that. And what we don't have control over is how our emails, how our conversation, how our messaging is going to be received. But irrespective of that, we still take responsibility for it. We have to take responsibility for everything that's, that's sent because it's it's us that's sending the message. Um, if it's not interpreted the, way, the right way, it's then up to us as to what we do with it in terms of asking the right questions, gaining the context, and basically seeking to understand before we try to attempt to be understood. Now, it's really important to gain clarity, gain context before, before responding. Now, sometimes you can't necessarily do that, and even, even when you do, sometimes even then, the perception of your message is not necessarily going to resonate and match the intention of your message. There will, will be the gap, but it's what you do then in response to that that will determine what happens next in terms of uh, further developing that relationship or reinstilling some professionalism into the relationship if you think it's actually going a little bit left of field or down a down a rabbit hole. The other key thing to think about as well around response is as a as a sales leader, what sort of impression are you creating and what sort of expectations are you setting in terms of your responses uh, full stop? Not so much just the context of your response, but the timing of your response. Classic example of, of dealing with a working with a client right now and and he actually gets a lot, of, a lot of emails, a lot of text messages out of normal business hours and can't help but respond to those. So I always kept, I kept, <laughs> keep saying to him, Tony, what you're doing is you're setting an expectation and you're conditioning other people all the time on how to deal with you. So I said, if you respond to a, a text message at 10.30 at night on a Friday night uh, from a customer, what you're basically saying is to that customer is, hey, you, you, can, you can contact me anytime and I'll respond to that. So from a customer's point of view, whether it be you know 9.30 on a Friday night, 2.30 on a Sunday morning, potentially, because I've had clients do that as well, uh, what you're basically saying to the client is, I'm always contactable and I'll res- I will respond to you accordingly. So we need to be really careful about what sort of um, boundaries we put in place and what sort of standards we put in place and what sort of expectations we therefore set with our clients. So it's not just how we respond, it's the when we respond as well. So think about what you're doing right now. Are you setting expectations that, you know what, I want to be always available to my customers, I want to always be available to my people. But also think about, okay, if you are all things to all people and always contactable, when do you get some downtime? How can you start thinking about strategy, tactics, techniques, uh, self-improvement, self-discovery, all that sort of stuff? When do you have time for yourself? If you're always responding to client and your team's requests at all hours of the day. Now, in Tony's defense, he he prides himself on being available to his clients. Now he's always done that, and that's one of the key reasons why he's attracting the type of people, the clientele, and also the type of people in his team to his team because he's such a such an energetic type of attractive type person. He's just got like that personality that is attractive. But it is becoming tiring and what he's noticing is his performance, his response times, the quality of his work is starting to uh, go down, starting to plateau and then go down as well. So what we've had to do is put some boundaries in place, put some standards in place and have him reset some expectations. So the first thing is he's now put in place a rule for himself that he doesn't respond to emails or text messages after eight o'clock at night. Now. Yeah, eventually, it's going to come down to like 6 o'clock at night, but we've got to do small things first. So what that does, it puts the power back into his hands in terms of how he chooses and when he chooses to respond. Now, the interesting thing is the day after he did this, um, literally, there was no complaints. Uh, he did get some text messages at 9 o'clock on a Monday night, and he didn't respond to those until I think nine o'clock the next morning. Hey, no problem. The customers were very happy with that, and so he started to recondition and retrain these people. What that also does, it gives him some thinking time that he can now start thinking about. Okay, what have I done well today? What can I start focusing on tomorrow? Where are the where are the priorities for the next day, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So he can start planning more effectively and not be at the behest of his clients, and certainly not at the behest of his. Uh, people in his team. So it's actually put some boundaries in place which is going to help him, and the more he does this, the better it's going to be for him, but also the high-quality service his customers are going to get as well. So the key message today is always be focused on it's not so much what happens to you, it's how you choose to respond to what happens to you, which is the most important thing. Now, uh, the difference here is don't be a reactionary to the things that happen because when you do that, sometimes emotions can be heightened, and you may actually end up saying things and doing things that down the track you might regret. That if take some time, take some time to think. When something happens, when somebody sends you a text, or when somebody says something to you, or does something, first of all, think. Think to yourself, okay, what does this mean? What did I do, potentially, that led this person to make this choice, to say this, to do that, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Because that thinking time gives you an opportunity to think about, okay, how can I gain some clarity? How can I gain some perspective? And how can I now choose the best way to respond to this? rather than just reacting to it. Now, I can share with you through experience, but also through the experience of many of my clients, just making that small change in terms of thinking strategically about what my intention is and then choosing my response can make a huge difference, not only to the quality of the conversation you end up having, but also the expectations that you reset. And interestingly, a great quality byproduct of that is the quality of the relationship. The quality of the relationship and the quality of the engagement that you have when you have more control when you're thinking more strategically and then choosing a response, amazing things happen in terms of the results that you get. So I trust that message helps. The key message today is: hey, it's up to you completely in terms of how you respond. Always take responsibility for everything that happens to you, and that includes all the conversations that people have with you, all the feedback that that people have with you, and they give you. Take responsibility for that because when you do, you can choose how you best respond, and the personal power then stays with you. And this will enable us to drive really high levels of consistency, which for many clients, for many people. Is a really highly attractive trait so as a reminder if you'd like some help with your sales leadership in taking you to an exceptional sales letter level love to sit down and have a conversation with you uh, love to work with your one-on-one to help you uh, move to that exceptional sales letter status uh, jump on my calendar go to leadwithdarren.com pick a time we'll have a conversation and i look forward to that so remember whatever happens to you it's not so much what happens to you it's how you choose to respond to what happens to you That is the most important thing. So I'll leave you with this challenge. Look for opportunities today where you can choose your response rather than being reactive to the situation. And I guarantee you'll find amazing things happen. And I look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best.